out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be it's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your hosts, Shandara Peschel and Steven Zhao, together with the Express Yourself Star on Air team. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. Now, here's Shondara Pachau and Steven Zhao to kick off the fun. Hello and welcome to our program, Express Yourself, where a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network, Express Yourself, is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Vivian Lee. And I'm Courtney Chung, and we are your teen hosts. We are so excited to announce that this program, Express Yourself, is a number one top-rated radio show in the world on the network, and we have you, our dedicated listeners, to thank. Our gratitude for all of you for spreading the word and the links and tuning in every week to Express Yourself where teens talk and the world listens. Today on our episode, we're going to be talking about music and books, and we'll be meeting a teenager, Victoria Payne, who works as a concert promoter of heavy metal bands in SoCal in our second segment. And in our third segment, we'll be meeting Ali Carter, who is a New York Times bestselling author of the international spy sensation, The Gallagher Girls. It's going to be a really exciting show, especially since Vivi and I are both musicians and avid readers, writers, and book reviewers. In this segment, though, we will be holding another audition for a new field reporter position with Youngju An, who will bring us a segment on artsy gifts. Later in the show, our world traveler and Stanford freshman Jacqueline Tao will bring us up to date on what's happening at the university with Campus Calling. We never know what Jacqueline's going to say, but it's always wild, wacky, and it always gets us laughing. So turn the volume up because it's time to showcase our newest talent who is vying for regular place on our on-air star team, Youngju An, with her segment, Artsy Gifts. Youngju An is a sophomore in high school in the California Bay Area. In her spare time, she enjoys experimenting in the kitchen, skiing, and taking pictures with her Polaroid camera. Please welcome Youngju to express yourself. Hi, and thanks so much for this great opportunity. I'm really excited to be part of the team program that gives us a chance to get our opinions heard. And I'm super thrilled and honored to be sharing the airways with one of my favorite authors, Ali Carter. I love her books, especially the Gallagher Girl series. 
and I was beyond excited when the new novel came out recently. Have you read the new book, Out of Sight, Out of Time? Um, it hasn't come out yet, but I'm really excited oh. to read it, and I have ordered it online. So and... you've been keeping up with the series the whole time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when did you start reading it? Um, I think I started reading them in seventh grade when my friend told me they were really good, so I decided to start reading them myself. What do you like best about the series? Um, well, I was really obsessed with, like, spy stuff back in seventh grade. And it uh-huh. was really cool, like, reading about this whole private school dedicated to spies, but no one really knows that they are spies. And it was just really cool seeing that these spy girls, with, like, who can speak 14 different languages, they can, like, be really, they're really, like, martially equipped, but they still have the same problems that all teenagers have. So it's just really cool seeing the similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you started reading them in seventh grade. So what grade are you in now? Oh, I'm a sophomore. Oh yeah, you're a sophomore. Grade. So like, yeah. where are you from? Like, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, so I moved in eighth grade, the summer of eighth grade, like after eighth grade. So I guess summer freshman year from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And, yeah, it was really big change moving to East Bay, but. I really like California and the San Francisco area overall. So what's your artsy gifts segment about? It's about putting flair on your own gifts and the unexpected rewards that tag along with being creative. And so as busy as we all are juggling soccer practice to tomorrow's math test, we forget and procrastinate about things all the time. I myself procrastinate so much. Maybe it's your sister's piano concert or studying for that insignificant vocab test two weeks away. Friends' birthdays oftentimes go under the less important category of our brain, the things we forget. At the last minute, in a panic scurry, all they get is a gift card picked out for them at the local supermarket with a card containing less than 10 words. I mean, everybody likes Target, right? Making gifts is an easy alternative to buying a simple gift card. A gift card is just that, simple. It shows no motion and no personalization whatsoever. People assume that making gifts is tedious and only for those who have tons and tons of time and creativity, which is definitely not true. Even sitting down and writing a heartfelt card changes how friends perceive gifts. My first creative gift was made using an old honey jar, a ton of pinky-sized post-it notes, and one fashion magazine. Any magazine with bold, flashy letters works well. Cut out words from the magazine that describe your friend The cuts don't need to be perfect, but just gather enough words to cover the whole jar. Cutting more words than necessary is helpful later on. So once you've cut enough, choose the words you like best. It's easiest to glue or tape the words on last, so refrain from doing so. Lastly, write as many words of advice, inside jokes, and quotes as you want on the post-it notes. Roll up the post-it notes using the sticky side to your advantage. Making origami shapes are also a creative substitution for those who don't like writing advice or on post-it notes. Once you've filled at least a quarter of the jar, you can glue or tape the magazine clippings onto it. Overlapping words isn't a problem, and voila, you have an amazing creation. The best thing about this gift is that it only takes about 30 minutes, the same amount of time you spend watching an episode of any show or taking a long shower. It's impossible to be with your friend 24-7, but now they have a jar with all sorts of uplifting things for that rainy day. I made this for my friend who still treasures it even though it's already been a year. How many people remember the friends who gave them gift cards? How many people keep and treasure the gift cards they've received? It's really important to show your friends that you care about them. Their birthday shouldn't just be something to be shoved in the back of your mind and remembered last minute. Even complete strangers and acquaintances can write 10 words on a Facebook wall, all gifts, 
take or a little effort. That is such a cool gift. That is very, very creative. I would have never come up with that. Yeah, how did you come up with it? Um, people are always told they're unique and that they're one of a kind. I'm sure we've all heard that at least once in our lives. Yes. However, <laughs> yes. birthday time comes around. Everybody pretty much gets the same thing. A little gift card maybe with a card attached. And that just didn't really work for me. People deserve something better on their special day, especially the people you know well and like forever. So I just took a little bit of time and searched online for gifts. But I realized that they only had really like cheesy gifts, like best friend t-shirts and like rings. So I decided to go out of the box. I actually noticed that too, because um, whenever it's my friend's birthdays, I feel like I've kind of run out of ideas on what to give them. And I always search the web and then it always comes up with like what you said, like cheesy t-shirts and um, and if it's something kind of useful, it's always very expensive. And so I like I like how you use like a creative method to come up with a unique gift for your friends. That's yeah. awesome. But what if someone's like not really creative? Because I I love the idea of giving someone a really personalized gift, but then sometimes like I just really don't have time or I just really can't right. think of something like that good. So what what would you suggest? So there's tons of ways to show that you care and not all of them require as much like creative out of the box thinking. It's the thought that counts. It's cliche, but really, really true. I keep all my handwritten cards, especially ones that were mailed to me. And mailing things is not as simple as it looks, mostly because we live in such an email and Facebook heavy era. Like I tried sending my friend something for her birthday back in October and it just got lost in the mail. So oh, no, I, no. I definitely know oh. how hard it is mailing things. And so oh. writing cards is the simplest way to show that you care about someone. And like it doesn't have to be creative. It's just what you want to say and expressing yourself with words. And a popular gift has been to decorate lockers or bake cookies or cupcakes. Other people use their creativity to pack their gifts like their gifts may not be homemade, but they still spend a lot of time to wrap the gifts in a creative way, like putting bricks inside a huge box with a gift card. <laughs> That's yeah, actually happened to my friend before. <laughs> yeah. Just wrapping a brick? It's not like, like bricks. They just like, they put a bunch of empty boxes. Like they just put mm -hmm. a box in a box in a box. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I see. Oh, that sounds cute. <laughs> yeah, it was really quite amusing. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the matter of showing how much you care, whether that be in making the gift or wrapping it. So what are some of the advantages of making gifts instead of buying them? Well, you're in charge of every little detail on your gift. Like, if you don't like something, you don't have to do it. Or if you don't like how something is wrapped, you can wrap it yourself. And you can include as many, like, inside jokes and memories that you have. And store-bought cards can be amazing, but it's not as special knowing that someone else, somewhere else, is receiving the same gift. After receiving your gift or finishing it, you feel really proud of yourself. Like, wow, I did this. And wow, I can really creative things. And you also learn new things about yourself. I never knew how effective using magazine clippings were. But then on my English poster, I had a whole section like dedicated to interpreting Romeo and Juliet with words from fashion magazines. And it was just a really creative way that I would have never thought of if I hadn't made my friend's gift before. Hmm. That sounds cool. What did you do with the poster? Like, how did you put the fashion magazine words in there? So, Romeo and Juliet, it's like a really... I'm sure you've read it, whether it be yeah. English class yeah. or yeah. not. But 
but it's really like it can be it's really dramatic and there's a lot of irony so in fashion magazines there's like lots of words that say like dangerous and like bold flashy and it's just really interesting seeing how you can really use anything to interpret a play. Well, this right. is great, Youngju. <laughs> we have to but, take a break. So thanks again, Youngju. We definitely look forward to more of your artsy gifts segments in our future shows. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick break right now, but when we return, we'll meet teen heavy metal concert promoter Victoria Payne and go backstage with the bands. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee. You are listening to Express Yourself, an honor global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we're your teen hosts. As promised, Victoria Payne, a 19-year-old college freshman who works in music marketing promoting new young talent, is our first guest today. She loves metal, hardcore, pop punk, and their related subgenres, and her hobby has always been listening to music and attending music events. 
Victoria works for a promotion company called California Underground, which books shows in the SoCal area at venues such as Chain Reaction in Anaheim, De Piazza's in Long Beach, and the Epicenter in San Diego. California Underground specializes in heavy metal and hardcore genres and also books bigger festivals such as All Stars, December to Remember, and Metal Fest. Some of the more well-known bands they've worked with include We Came as Romans, For the Fallen Dreams, Stick to Your Guns, The Great Commission, At the Skylines, and Secrets. Please welcome Victoria to express yourself. Hi, Victoria! Hi, guys! (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. You said that you've been actively attending concerts and shows since 2005, which would make you 12 when you started going to these concerts. What was it about these concerts and um, these not-so-mainstream style of music of metal, pop-punk, and those genres that really interested you? Um, when I was 12, like, I really started getting into this band, My Chemical Romance. And oh, I don't know. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I was just attracted to that style of music, but it started with them. My first concert I ever went to was Green Day, and yes. then... Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, and then it kind of just progressed into, like, going to local shows at Chain Reaction. I remember my first time going, like, I totally didn't fit in. I would like, I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> All these people at these, like, metal shows are scary looking. And (laughs) (laughs) ever since then, like, I've kind of just, like, loved it. So it's just my music, like, taste has grown. And I've just began liking, like, even more different, like, bands in that genre, kind of. So did you, like, get introduced to these bands by your friends? Yeah, actually. I got introduced to My Chemical Romance when I was at a soccer camp. Like, uh-huh. when I was 12, and it terrified yeah. my parents. <laughs> your parents had no problem with letting you go? Like, to um, the when I was 12, it was it was pretty difficult. I had to, like, beg them, and they wanted yeah. to go with me and stuff. But, um, a few, like, a couple years into going, and, like, they had been there, too, with me, they started seeing, like, it wasn't that bad, and I was oh. safe there. And they actually kind of started, like... Um, encouraging me going to these shows because I knew it was like a good environment. Oh, that's wonderful. So you've been working with California Underground. And so how did you get started with them? Um, It started about two years ago when I was 16. I was, or, well, yeah, I was 16. So it must have been like three years now. I met uh, Noah, who's my boss now. And he had me doing like, promoting for certain like festivals he had going on and I just like would go to certain shows and like pass out flyers in front of them and just do like work that wasn't really like it was like work no one else wanted to do and I always begged him like hey give me an internship like I really want to like work (laughs) with you but when I was 16 like I was too young I had to be 18 so as soon as I turned 18 like I was still begging him constantly Like, I'd see him at every show I went to because he would book him. And it took just basically a lot of begging. And, like, he finally realized, like, I had the, um, like, drive to do this. And he said, all right, and gave me an internship. And it just started out with, like, online promoting and just basically, like, nothing exciting. (laughs) 
Oh. Well, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's much more than begging since you had to, like, consistently work and since you were 16. Like, you were essentially, I guess, you were working for free when you were 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, I would do the promoting for him and he would get me into those shows for free. So I guess it was worth it then. So now that you're officially working for them, what's a typical day of work like for you? Basically, I go into the office around like 10 in the morning and uh, my boss, Noah, and Billy are there. And basically, I just like get on my computer and they tell me what shows we have coming up and how many bands we need booked for those shows. And I just get on my computer and um, start messaging bands, contacting bands and seeing who wants to play them. And then once that is done, I'll uh, get their, like, addresses and send out the tickets to them so they can sell the tickets for the shows. And then after that, usually we have a show almost every night. So we all head over to the show that we go to and basically just, like, run the show. And then I'm exhausted by the end of the night and go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you contact all the bands, like you message them. Have you got to meet a lot of them? Like, do you know them personally now? Yeah, it's all, like, it's really cool because some of the bigger bands that I used to, like, look up to and kind of, like, fangirl over, now oh. I get to, like, work with them. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Does it, does being a female make it harder for you? Like, I know, like, there's probably stereotypes, but is there any difference? Oh, yeah, uh, especially as a promoter, like, it's mostly guys and bands. I hardly ever work with other girls. And oh. typically, like, all the promoters in this area are all males. So when they, like, when I'm talking to bands, they usually just think I'm a guy. And then when <laughs> they actually, like, get to the show, they're like, oh, who are you? Like, you're a girl. <laughs> and <laughs> it, they kind of don't respect me as much. And a lot of, like, people that I've known for a while they, like, kind of look down on me and think, like, I don't have what it takes just because I'm a girl. But really, honestly, like, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just, like, a respect thing. So do you think you might want to make a career out of this, doing promoting work? Yeah. Um, in, like, a short-term career, I guess. I want to do this for a while and then start getting into, like, bigger stuff, like, bigger festivals. And I'm also really interested in uh, music management. I want to be able to manage bands. That sounds awesome. Are you studying anything in college that will help you do this in the future? Yeah, I'm taking uh, music appreciation and just a lot of like prerequisite classes for music. And yeah. eventually I want to take a business course. So is this for like a music major or like a business major? Is it like not a very specific major in general? Right now, I don't have a specific major. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm interested in a lot of different things. So do you play any of these music yourself? No. no. Unfortunately oh. not. <laughs> I'm not talented enough for that. <laughs> How often do you attend shows and concerts? Probably say, like, shows at least, like, three nights of the week at least. Sometimes wow. it's almost, sometimes it's every night. Concerts are more rare. Those are more exciting. Those are about like two times a month because they're bigger. Oh, so like the difference between shows and concerts is that shows are like smaller venues, I guess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you book these shows and concerts yourself or are they just like outside of your work? You just go to uh, like see them? No. Uh, typically like, well, 
there are some shows and concerts that I go to that I don't book and I just go to them because I want to see the bands playing. But a majority of the ones that I go to are done through the company that I work for. Does California Underground book any other genres? Because I was looking around on your Facebook and I noticed on one of the past flyers, I think you had AJ Raphael booked. And I know he's oh, not playing awesome. like metal and stuff. So do mm-hmm. you guys book any other genres of music? Yeah. Uh, we, we do some hip-hop and rap groups, actually. A lot of like alternative and indie stuff. Mainly the bands I work with are just metal. Do you think, you know, being a promoter has certain benefits, maybe? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, because before I was a promoter, like, my hobby was just going to shows. And that gets pretty expensive after a while. And yes. now that I... <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm a promoter, I basically get into anything I want for free. Just because I've, like, networked my way into, like knowing people that work at those venues and different promoters and stuff. Now, while I usually hate people with connections, I really respect you for that because I know you've worked really hard to get to the point where you where you can just go. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always so frustrating getting tickets when like the bands are actually really popular and the s- venues are small, so small and there's no tickets. Yeah, actually, the show I'm going to tonight sold out like a month ago, and I don't have a ticket, but I know. You can go in? (laughs) Yeah. Have a great show. Unfortunately, we have to take another break, but when we return, we'll go into the world of fabulous female teenage spies with international best-selling author of the Gallagher Girl series, Allie Carter. My name is Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee. And I think Courtney and I would make awesome spies and maybe even Gallagher girls. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com and this radio program at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be back in a bit. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Added Preservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we're your teen hosts. Today's program is about music and young adult books. Last segment, we spoke to 19-year-old Victoria Payne, who is a concert promoter for heavy metal bands in South California. Now we are tapping into the global arena with popular New York Times bestselling author of young adult literature, Ali Carter. Now, Vivian, I hope I don't speak wrongly, but I think we're both really, really avid readers. and We are. Yeah, so indeed. you actually started your volunteer work with Be The Star You Are as a book reviewer, right? Yeah, and yeah. you did too, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I know, like, you're our creative content coordinator for our Express Yourself site at www.vtsya.com, and you're also a reporter for Book It on this radio show. Yeah, <laughs> And I want to brag about you to our listeners, because before you became a book reviewer, you actually won honorable mention in the National Be The Star You Are essay contest, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with both of our backgrounds that are deep in reading and writing, we are really, really excited about interviewing our next guest, the international superstar, Allie Carter. Allie Carter's Gallagher Girls Young Adult Spy Series is a New York Times bestseller phenomenon. More than 1.8 million copies of the books are in print, and editions have been sold in 15 territories worldwide. Girls have embraced Carter's heroine, Cameron Morgan, the teenage spy in training who reminds readers of the heroines of Elias, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Veronica Mars for her pluck and determination. And like Sydney Bristow, Buffy and Veronica, even as she outwits and battles the bad guys, Cammie faces the common struggles and stresses that all girls deal with when it comes to boys friends, parents, and school. So she's totally relatable to all young women across the world. Ali's newest book in the series is Out of Sight, Out of Time, and it sounds awesome. So welcome to Express Yourself, Ali. Thanks, guys. It's so much fun to be here. Yeah, so I actually just finished reading the book, and where did you come up with the idea for the Gallagher Academy? The Gallagher Academy actually came about one day I was talking with my agent and she told me, you know, I think that young adult fiction is getting ready to get really popular. Now, this was a long time ago. This was before Hunger Games, before Twilight. You know, Harry Potter was around and really big, but we hadn't really seen the big boom that we have today in young adult fiction. 
And so she was really out ahead of the curve. And she said, I think you should try doing this because you're really immature. And I said, yes, I'm totally <laughs> immature. And she said, you know, I think, you know, give, give it some thought and see if you can come up with any good teen ideas. And so that night I was actually watching the TV show Alias and it was a kind of a flashback episode. And I was just kind of half watching it because I had, like everybody, I had my laptop open and music on and about nine different things going on at once. And so I just kind of glanced up out of the corner of my eye and saw the TV. And I thought it was an episode about a boarding school for spies. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. I really want to go to a boarding school for spies. And then I realized that I totally misunderstood what was happening in the episode. But I couldn't stop thinking, you know, what would it be like to go to a boarding school for spies? And so that's when the idea for the school first came to me. And I, from that point forward, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So you're just like a teen in adult form. Absolutely. I think all <laughs> YA authors are just, you know, we never really stop, you know, maturing past about the age of 17. We're all just deep down hoping we get asked to prom. It's, it's <laughs> really kind of sad. Yeah, so I noticed like on your website, you wrote a couple adult books first. What's the difference between writing for adults and writing for young adults? The biggest difference, I think, in writing for teens and writing for adults is that teens are so much smarter than adult readers. <laughs> I mean, I, I, read, I hear people talk about, oh, you know, this is this huge, really popular adult book. It gets really good after about page 150. And I have to ask myself, how many teens would set through 149 bad pages of a book? None. We wouldn't. We'd, they'd be off doing other things and reading other stories. So I think that for teens, you just have to really get into the story very quickly. You have to keep their attention. And you have to, you know, make, make sure your heroines are constantly doing the smart thing. Because if they're doing stupid stuff, teens will call them on it as opposed to a lot of adult readers who are, who are just kind of used to um, being written down to in a lot of ways. Yeah, I noticed that too with um, the current series, the Twilight series. I know the teenagers have been very harsh on like the main characters. But I, know, I noticed that though with your readers, um, people just love Cameron. And I think they can relate to her because she's this um, invisible wallflower in a way when she wants to be. And you know, we all, I think we all want to be noticed at one point or another. So I, I think that's very true. Um, you know, the first line of their very first book is, um, I suppose most teenage girls feel invisible sometimes, right. but I'm luckier than most because at my school that's considered cool. I go to a school for spies. And I really wanted to take that feeling of being invisible and feeling like the girl nobody sees because I think everybody has felt like that at some point in life. And I think most high schoolers, you know, if you were to go into the heads of 90% of high school students, they would they would say that they are that girl. And so I wanted to basically write about a world where that is kind of a superpower. I mean, most spies are the people that nobody see. And that's what makes them such good covert operatives. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're if spies were visible, then they wouldn't be very good spies. They would everyone yeah. would just notice them. Exactly. Yeah. People ask yeah. me how I came up with the idea of Cami the Chameleon. And I say it's because I heard once that all of the actors who had ever played the role of James Bond would not be allowed to have that job in real life because they're all too tall. And I thought that that oh, was very interesting. That actually I, makes that, a lot of sense. That's I don't actually know very if it's true. true or not, but I heard that and it always stuck with me. And I thought, yeah, somebody should write a story about a spy who's actually kind of average looking because that just makes a lot more sense. They can just fit in. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But then, like, you say that you wanted Cammy to be kind of like the normal girl, the average girl in school. But then when I when I read the books, it kind of felt like Zach was kind of a little heartthrob over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard to write the average boy. I mean, come on, let's face it. We all want the dreamy boy. And yeah. I, I honestly think it's not so much Zach's physical presence that makes him hot. Because people ask me all the time, you know, what color are Zach's eyes or what color is Zach's hair? And I'm the author and I don't even really know. Like, I don't think I could, you know, pick Zach out of a lineup. Because he isn't his looks to me. He is what he says and what he does and how he acts. And I think ultimately that's what the girls are attracted to because he's kind of the mysterious boy. And, you know, what's not hot about that? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So I noticed, like, you you'd never mentioned anything about Zach's appearance. And, like, these details that you include in your writing, how do you come up with them? Because I like to write myself. So I always like to know, like, what... How do you go about writing? What is your writing process? What is my writing process? Well, it yeah. really varies a lot book to book. Um, I always say that, or it's an old adage that you never learn how to write a book. You just learn how to write the book you're writing right now. Uh-huh. And that's very, very true. Yeah. Um, I'm in the process right now of writing High Society 3, the third book in my other series. Yeah. And it's going, it's going fine. It's a bit of a challenge, but it always is. But the things that I did to kind of help myself get over the hump when I was writing Gallagher Girls 5 aren't working this time. I'm, you know, totally having to throw out all the tricks of the trade and try very, very new things because this is just a very different book. Mm-hmm. And so I usually start with a very rough first draft. And that's that's something that I always tell teen writers is to give themselves permission to write badly. You have to. You just you cannot expect the first draft you write of anything to be perfect. You know, the first time you shoot a basketball, you wouldn't expect to make a three-pointer. And so it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of shots. And so give yourself permission to write a really, really bad first draft and then allow plenty of time to rewrite it. And so that's that's my biggest advice and that's definitely how my process goes. Mm-hmm. That's actually really good to know because I've actually been attempting to write novels, but I always just like throw it out after like the first chapter because I feel like it's not going the way it should be. And mm-hmm. but that's really that's really good to know that, you know, even best selling authors go through a bad <laughs> first draft and yeah. you know come up with these masterpieces. Oh yeah, no, it's every author I know. Not only do we have bad first drafts of the books that you guys eventually read. But we have bad, you know, eighth and ninth and tenth drafts of books that you will never see. Every every best-selling author has a closet full of books or a box under the bed or something that will never see the light of day. Because, you know, it wasn't a matter of just sitting down and typing something and having it sell. It was, it's never like that. How long does it usually take for you to get from draft one to being published? Oh, from, for the very first book that you write, for me, it was probably about a two-year period from mm-hmm. starting to write the book to finding an agent, finding an editor, um, having it hit shelves, probably I'm closer to three years, maybe. Um, now that I have a track record and have a publisher that I work with consistently, it's much faster. Um, I will even sometimes sell the books before I have them written just so that my publisher knows to hold a slot for me and they know, okay, you know, in March of 2012, we will be releasing a Gallagher Girls book. Go write it. And so 
that's how that works. So for me right now, it takes about nine months from the time I start a book till when a book comes out. Um, some people will say that's really slow. Some people will say that's really fast. Um, one thing you learn in this business is that there is absolutely no standard. Your, your mileage will always vary. Unfortunately, as much as I'd love to continue this conversation, we have to take another break. Thank you so much, Ali, for joining us and taking the time to talk about writing young adult literature. Thank it's you, been Courtney, so much you. fun. <laughs> Please go check out www.allycarter.com for more info about her books. Follow her on Twitter at officiallyally and on Facebook facebook.com slash Gallagher Girls. You can also listen to another great interview with Ali Carter at www.starstyleradio.com where Ali was actually interviewed by our producer, Cynthia Bryan. And if you want to apply to the Gallagher Academy, you can visit www.thegallagheracademy.com, the series' new fan interactive site for exclusive web-only Gallagher Girls short stories and members-only intel. Vivian, I think we should join. We should, we should join. We will join Let's today. Let's go join. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm Courtney Chung. I'm Vivian Lee, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens.
Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee, and we are your teen hosts for this show. This has been a really thrilling program, and now we're going to have some more fun. Yep, we are going to bring in our campus calling reporter, Jacqueline Tao, who always has a fun, wild, and crazy segment about life at Stanford University for a first-year student. Hey, Jacqueline, what are you up to? Hey, Vivian and Courtney. Um, so basically, today I just wanted to talk about um, one aspect of college life, which is probably one of the most different, at least on the surface, from high school, and that is the fact that you live on campus. And yeah. that's also, yeah, where the name of my segment is derived from, Campus Calling, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, right now, since it's spring quarter at Stanford, to apply for housing for next year. So when you come in and you're a freshman, you fill out a housing application so that the housing department can pair you with a roommate that's appropriate to you and that you'll be able to get along with. But other than that, you're basically put in a freshman dorm, which it means that you're living in, most of the time, it's a three-story building with about 90 other freshmen. And you have one roommate and you're both in a double. So Basically, it's one room and you guys each get one side of the room, except for sophomores, juniors and seniors. It's not so constant like that. It's basically you can live anywhere you want on campus. And how they select is that you do a lottery system or you can pre-assign. So um, I actually thought this was really interesting. What happens is you for sophomore, junior and senior years, they, you have tiers. And so if you have tier one, then you will get numbers zero to 1,000 in the lottery system, which means that you'll have top priority in terms of your housing selection. And then if you're tier two, you'll have medium. And then tier three is where you don't really care too much about your housing. So a lot of people use that junior year when they're about to go abroad, so they won't be there for a quarter anyway. Or let's say one year they're planning on being staff in a freshman dorm, like being an RA or resident, you know, computer consultant, resident health educator. So in that case, they wouldn't want to use their um, really high tier either. So basically, a lot of people end up using, um, I think one of the most complicated things about all of this is finding a draw group, which is that. um, Yeah, so it's basically, I mean, a lot of people make friends freshman year and then they want to stay with those friends in the future. For example, in my case, it'd be next year, which is sophomore year. And so instead of applying for housing on your own, you're going to be doing it with a group. But then it just gets complicated, as you can imagine, because people, yeah, first of all, the size of these groups is limited to about eight. And then um, to add to that, people aren't really sure how they're going to group themselves exactly because It's just a confusing thing because you're kind of defining, oh, this is who I want to live with. This is who I don't. These are my closest friends. So I think there's always a lot of drama associated with that. And my sister also went to has been through college. So I know that um, at her school, they also did it this way with you have to have a group. And then a lot of times there ends up being a lot of drama associated with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's always one of the hardest parts. But other than that. Um, At Stanford, a lot of people end up using their tier two their sophomore year. So they get kind of an intermediate choice, which means that if you apply to a really popular dorm, you're not likely to get it because you're not using tier one, you're using tier two, but you'll get an okay dorm. And then a lot of people who go abroad um, junior year end up 
um, using tier three because they won't be there for the entire time anyway. And then seniors, a lot of them use tier one so that they get the best housing kind of in their last year, yeah. right before they graduate, right? Which makes mm-hmm. sense. You can actually co-term too, which is you stay one, you stay a fifth year at Stanford while you get your master's, except I'm not really sure what they do. I'm not even sure if they live on campus. <laughs> that's, I yeah. think that's just a separate story. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's kind of the housing draw system. I just yeah. thought that was kind of an interesting aspect of, of college life. It's something mm-hmm. that's definitely really different from high school. So like the roommate situation, do you get any preference as to who your roommate might be? Can you request someone? Oh, yeah, that's actually a really good question. So, well, as you guys know, for freshman year, they you don't know anyone, presumably in the incoming freshman class. So you just fill out an application saying, oh, this is when I normally go to bed. This is how quiet I want my room to be. This is what I normally do in my room, like do party or study in your room, et cetera. Think about your personality and things like that. And they pair you with someone. And then Mm -hmm. some people end up getting really close to their freshman roommates, so they'll room again. But a lot of people end up finding other friends to room with. So when you apply for housing, yeah, you can can say, within my draw group, I'm going to be roommates with this person or these people, because they're also triples if you want two roommates. Mm -hmm. And then so you can specify that within your draw group, because a lot of people actually have... um, co-ed draw or I think most people have co-ed draw groups mm-hmm. where you're drawing with their guys and girls so obviously you're going to be rooming with one of the girls in your draw group but you're all going to draw into the same dorm and your doors are going to be right next to each other that's basically uh, what it means. oh that yeah. sounds awesome so soft so you said like if you get close with your freshman roommate can you can request them for like your second year in college you can request them as your roommate right so you would uh-huh. just you would draw with them. Um, oh, okay. Know, right. So either they'd be in your draw group or you would be drawing with just them, which means that mm-hmm. I actually know a couple of people who want to get into a really popular dorm, but it's it's really hard with a big group. So they're actually just doing them and their roommate are just drawing oh, mm-hmm. into that dorm so that they only need to request one room essentially, which is supposed to increase their chances a little yeah. bit. Why are some dorms more popular? Is like the room size is different or like just the location on campus? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know one dorm that's really popular for sophomores happens to be, well, it's called Toyon here, but it's the all-sophomore dorm. So that means is basically when you're a freshman, you get put into an all-freshman dorm. So, you know, the 90 people or, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 people that live in one dorm are all going to be freshmen. But then when you become... A uh, sophomore, junior, or senior, there are houses that are four class. So freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors are all going to be in them. And then there are three class dorms. And then Toyon happens to be the only dorm on campus that's all sophomores. Um, so it's just a huge building, basically 100 people, and they're all sophomores. So I think a lot of people like that because then you can get to know other people of your own age. And I think there's a stronger sense of community since you're all, again, you're the same year, you're kind of going through the same thing. A lot of you might be taking the same classes. And so mm-hmm. I think there's just the, there's a stronger possibility of, you know, making new friendships and finding more community and finding things in common with the people that you're living around. Yeah, that's true. So how's your housing situation going? Like, from first year and like you know what you're doing next year 
Um, yeah, so I was actually, there's actually another program called uh, pre-assignings. Basically, mm-hmm. the, the draw system is for if you're just rooming, you know, rooming a standard dorm next year. But um, if you end up being in a sorority or fraternity that has housing, then you live in the frat house, for example. And then there are also um, theme dorms. So, for example, there might be a community service dorm or there might be an entrepreneurship dorm or a cultural dorm mm-hmm. or uh, a language dorm or something like that. And so we actually, I, so I ended up living on East Campus my freshman year and I really, really liked it. So my entire draw, draw group wanted to stay on East Campus. So we were thinking of pre-assigning to a community service dorm mm-hmm. on East Campus. And basically if you pre-assign, you have to write an application and you do it earlier. You actually do it before spring break and you turn oh. it in. Yeah, and um, depending on the dorm, your chances might be higher than just randomly trying to draw into a dorm on East Campus. So we just really didn't want to go to West Campus. So we were going to pre-assign to a dorm on East Campus, except um, I think our group ended up being too big for that. So I think what I'm going to do now is probably just use Tier 2 and draw, hopefully draw onto somewhere on East Campus. Mm -hmm. What would your advice be to any incoming freshman for the fall semester? Um, My advice would be, I think generally, just keep an open mind and be ready to meet a lot of people. I mean, I think that's the greatest thing about living in a dorm is that you're right next to all your peers and all your friends and everyone's going through the same thing as you. And you really, because you're living together 24 seven, you really get to know each other at a different level and in a different way than you would have been able to do in high school. Mm-hmm. I think it gets overwhelming sometimes trying to get to know everyone in your dorm because there are a hundred people and then yeah. on top of that there's your entire school load and everything so it's impossible to get to know everyone but one piece of advice really great advice that an upperclassman gave me was just coming in just keep an open mind let it flow naturally and you'll meet a lot of really cool people over the years that'll really mm-hmm. you know inspire you shape you just make you make you feel happier here yeah, these are really great advice because I know Courtney and I were both going to be college freshmen next year. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> what are you guys' feelings about kind of living in the dorm and being away from home? I mean, I don't know how far you guys are going. For me, it's kind of exciting, but at the same time, I'm kind of scared because I do hope that I'll get along with my roommates and my um, and the people, you know, next door and stuff. But mm-hmm. Right. All right. Um, Unfortunately, well, yeah, <laughs> we have yeah. to go. Jacqueline, thank you so much for giving us all this advice about me. college and everything. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Style Productions for producing the show. And thanks to our guests from all across the globe. And of course, thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. For more fun stories written by teens, pick up a copy of Be The Star You Are for Teens at www.bethestarur.com. I'm Courtney Chung. And I'm Vivian Lee. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. 
and you can upload your creative works at our site for free. Get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books, t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are alive. Thanks again for joining us, and until next week, remember, express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would like